the heck is up and welcome to practical alignment podcast thank you so much for tuning into this episode this one's going to be a little bit different there's not really a set structure or topic to it basically i just compiled a collection of my thoughts and what i'm currently working with right now and i put it into one episode for you if you want to hear me ramble about different topics then keep on listening (laughs) thanks for being here and i hope you enjoy I'm your host, Katrina Macias, and you are listening to Practical Alignment. So recently, my mom made me, boiled me, a bunch of hard-boiled eggs. And I enjoy hard-boiled eggs, and the way that I like to eat them is seasoned, right? I like salt, pepper, a little bit of garlic, sometimes chili powder. I like them flavorful. Um, But I've noticed that the past couple of times I've been making or preparing, I guess, my hard-boiled eggs, if you could even (laughs) call it that, I've really been neglecting putting the extra time and care into seasoning them so that I can enjoy them when I eat them. So I'm going to paint a picture for you. I've been so lazy the past couple of times I've been preparing my hard-boiled eggs that I've like cracked the egg, um, thrown away the shells, and then I don't feel like making the effort to pull out a plate Um, And because I don't feel like pulling out a plate, I feel weird about putting spices on it because I don't want to dirty the countertops. So I've just been like (laughs) doing the least (laughs) to season my eggs. Like I'm not going to go around eating a plain hard-boiled egg. Like I'm not that far gone. Um, (laughs) But I have been... I mean, I might as well be. Um, So I have one of those salt shakers or salt grinders where you have to twist it in order for the salt to come out. And so for the last few times I've been eating eggs, I only have one hand available because I don't use a plate or haven't been using a plate. So I'm holding an egg in one hand and I can't have the other hand to grind the salt grinder. So (laughs) I've just been like shaking the crust off the salt grinder's rim hoping to get tiny particles of leftover salt that have calcified or hardened onto the salt grinder to season my egg. It's like really sad (laughs) that I just have been lacking so much effort in something that I should be enjoying, right? Like I eat the eggs and they're not amazing. They're like subpar if best, but eggs are something that I can enjoy a lot and so I've just been questioning like why am I doing this like why can't I take an extra two minutes to make something special for myself so I can truly enjoy it like is this the level that I'm at right now or is this where I am in capacity where I'm just okay with accepting mediocre things continuously instead of doing a little bit extra to show myself that I'm special and that I deserve it because god damn it i deserve a motherfucking seasoned egg it's funny because very recently i posted my podcast about doing something nice for yourself every single day and it stretches in capacity to seasoning your eggs i didn't realize that for the past couple times i've been eating it but today you know i kind of had that understanding and i was like geez like mika you deserve to enjoy more of your experiences um 
I've kind of been in a whirlwind of feelings, and so I've been trying to take more time with self-care. And one thing that I really want to focus on this year is curating my life to have maximum pleasure and enjoyment, the sensation of things that feel good, because that really sets the tone for yourself. It sets the tone for your worthiness. It sets the tone for what you want to attract more of. It sets the tone for you, what you can accept from others and from yourself. And so I'm going to season my eggs. Um, I'm going to do more things that feel good. And I'm going to go the extra mile to make sure that it's perfect and up to the standards which I deserve, which is very high. Self-care is a pattern and it's something that I've learned and it's something that I can remember again as well. Um, it seems like I've fallen a little bit off of the wagon, but I'm grateful to have caught myself. You know, those unseasoned eggs really slap me awake. Um, I notice in myself the pattern of settling more and more when I feel overwhelmed in my environment and I feel, you know, like I'm in a whirlwind, like I don't have enough time. But, you know, it takes these moments to stray away from what feels good to remember that, you know, this isn't it. And so in a way, I'm grateful that I made this realization because it's it's an opportunity to call me back to myself. And that's how I kind of view a lot of things. It's like, discomfort, things things that we view as mistakes, things that we might regret. It's just a message like, this ain't it. Um, try again. Time for something different. And so it's an opportunity for us to remember who we are, <laughs> which I think is beautiful. So yeah, one thing that I'm looking forward to learning and integrating is really fine-tuning my environment to make sure that it's supportive of my needs in each given moment. And so, you know, even looking back on this long ass egg story, <laughs> I bet you're tired of me saying egg. Um, but looking back on this long ass egg story, sometimes it might be better for me, you know, mentally and just in the space that I'm in to make a quick egg and then get out the door. You know what I mean? Slightly seasoned, let's go. But when I have the time, um, when I do have the time, and I honestly do have the time for the most part, it is special to take these little moments and make an effort to make them special for me too. I'm constantly learning about myself, and I think that doing this on a more consistent basis is going to help me continue to learn more about myself, which I'm very excited for too. Um, my likes, my dislikes, knowing what feels good for me and what feels right in my body is going to, I think, really propel me forward in a way in which I own my space and I know what the fuck is up. And with that, I'll have more confidence and assurance in my boundaries and what I want and need. That's beautiful, right? Like, I think that is so incredible. Part of what inspired me to share this anecdote 
um, is a class that I just took at the New Earth Mystery School, which is run by Miriam Hasna. And the class that I recently attended is called Pleasure as Prayer. And in this class, she spoke a lot about highly sensitive people and how highly sensitive people can, you know, experience sensory overload very quickly. And when you're sensitive, you can notice that your nervous system is just as activated as it is by pleasure as it is overwhelm. And so you have a choice. And so when you can place more focus and intention on the pleasure aspect, you can really set the mood for what your environment can be like. And so you can do this by shifting your focus on um, the colors, the scents, the sounds, the tastes, a lot of physical things in your environment. And by taking this extra time and placing more focus on this awareness, you can have a better understanding of your likes and dislikes for different situations. She shares that you can learn to embody this as a daily ritual. You can find more time to make the things that feel good more commonplace in your life. And when you do this, you attune yourself to the energy of pleasure, which sets the mood for our reality. And you deserve to have a beautiful reality. Another lesson that I've been remembering is not going too hard at the beginning of the year. I was listening to a talk from one of my other favorite spiritual teachers. Her name is Reverend Sydney Finn. And she had a video um, to kind of forecast the energy of January. And one thing that she really pointed out and wanted us to remember was the importance of having consistency over intensity. With the new year, you know, the energy is new, new, new. It's kind of like push, push, push. And it's easy for us to compare ourselves to other people or try to go hard right away because, you know, it's kind of what our environment tells us we need to do too. Just the media we consume, everything, New Year's resolutions, all of that, you know what I mean. And so it's easy to get swept into the idea that we need to be doing more. Um, but again, the lesson right now that I would like to integrate as well is consistency over intensity. Because when you have consistency, you can start to build a foundation. You can have building blocks to build something really stable. Whereas with high intensity intervals, um, at least in my experience, when you put too much on your plate, you experience burnout very quickly. And the structures that you built don't have a stable foundation, and so they can come tumbling down. And the same amount of time that you would take to um, rebuild everything that has been knocked down would have been easily mitigated by instead creating smaller steps to which you want to create. So I think that's very beautiful. And and integrating my new practices, I'm going to keep that mentality as well. You know, don't push too hard, little by little. It doesn't have to be self-care central right away. <laughs> but for every step that you take towards the universe, the universe takes 10 steps towards you. If you hear some external noise, it's because I'm sitting outside right now, <laughs> just for a change of pace. But um, the next thing that I want to talk about is I recently went to 
Sedona for a trip. And I want to share a little bit about my time there. So Sedona has been on my radar for quite some time now because it's a hot spot in the spiritual community. It's really known as a healing place. Um, it's really famous for its beautiful landscapes and it also has energy vortexes, which are energy centers. It's kind of like grids in the earth where energy can be really intense for healing. And so I've heard a lot of people talk about it over the past few months and finally I just decided to take the bait and follow this nudge that was calling me to Sedona. When we first drove into Sedona, it was nighttime, so we couldn't see the canyons or the mountains or the buttes around us too much, except we could see the shadow of them. And honestly, can I just say that just seeing them and their height, their grandeur was very intimidating right away i could feel the energy of the place just being very sacred very mm, almost looming around us it's, it was very ancient and i appreciated that as a first welcoming into the city another thing that we quickly realized by the way i went on this trip with my boyfriend callum one thing that we quickly realized is that there was a really big polarity between the nature side of Sedona and the commercial side of Sedona. So in the commercial areas, it felt very stressed. It felt very um, impatient, kind of just like weird. Honestly, the feelings were a bit icky in my opinion um, whenever we were around other people. But when we were just in nature, it was super calming, super peaceful, super heart opening. And so I just found it really interesting that you can have a place with such intense opposites. But I think that tends to happen when you have one thing very strong in one way. You can experience the other one um, at a high intensity as well. <laughs> so we tried our best to stay away from the commercial areas once we made that realization. And we decided to spend a lot of time, as much as we could, just being together and in nature. On the first day that we were there, we took a morning hike into Boynton Canyon. And Boynton Canyon is famous for having an energy vortex pretty close to the trail entrance. And so we decided to journey there. And that was such a beautiful, magnificent experience. And that was honestly my favorite part of the Sedona trip altogether. And one thing that I really appreciated about being in Sedona is that a lot of people go there with the intention of experiencing some sort of healing um, some sort of healing. And so when you're in there, you see all different walks of people. You could see lots of people who are just interested in hiking, but you also see a lot of people who are on the spiritual end, just sitting and meditating. And so being in that space in communion with others um, who are wanting to invite that kind of energy in was was really lovely and comforting to see. So me and Callum spent around six hours at this energy vortex in the Boynton Canyon. Oh, and <laughs> it was phenomenal. One particular thing that I want to share about is... I had a very intense heart opening experience and in this experience I decided to apologize to someone that I wasn't very nice to when I was in middle school. The more that I've spent healing aspects of myself, the deeper I've gone into understanding behaviors that I fell into in my life. and. 
for the past couple of years, I've kind of been learning more about myself and why I acted certain ways when I was younger, um, when I was learning to <laughs> be a human. I mean, I still am, but you know, those are really crucial times of life is when you're young. And upon reflection, I realized that I was a very insecure child. And because of this insecurity, I acted out a lot in ways that were sometimes very harmful to others. Something that I was kind of desperate for as a child was a lot of attention, a lot of assurance, and, you know, just the confirmation that I was enough. But the way that I tried to achieve that was a bit manipulative. Um, I realized that I was pretty possessive in my friendships growing up because I wanted to be chosen. And like I said, I didn't always go about the best ways in order to achieve that sense of security from others. Because I was possessive, I would do weird things like try and instigate situations so that my friends would um, have to fight over me, or I would try and butt out people who I was threatened by so that I could be the number one friend. Um, I can laugh about it now, but sometimes I cringe at it too, you know? <laughs> One friend in particular got the butt end of these behaviors. And for a couple of years now, I've been wanting to reach out to her and apologize for the things that I did. Um, I know that I'm older now. I know that back then I didn't know any better. But still, it's nice to kind of have that understanding and realize that she didn't deserve that. I've actually been wanting to message her for quite some time now but my ego always got in the way because I would always like back out of it and convince myself like it's kind of weird to just message someone and be like hey sorry for something 12 years ago <laughs> hope you're doing well I mean I went through all the different scenarios in my head like oh maybe she'll think it's weird or maybe she doesn't even see it in the same way that I saw it but it's something that I've been carrying with me and something that in Sedona, I realized I was ready to let go of. And so I found this person's Instagram and I opened my heart up to them and I apologized. And I told her, I'm sorry for the things that I did. I did it because I was insecure, but you never deserve that. And I hope you're doing well. And it was a little bizarre, um, but as an end result, I felt a lot more free. And I released any attachment that I had to receiving, you know, some sort of validation afterwards either. Like she didn't have to forgive me. She didn't even have to acknowledge me. But knowing that I spoke up about something that I knew wasn't right, um, it freed me and I forgave myself because of it. In the end, she did reply and she did forgive me. And she even said like, <laughs> ain't no thing like I don't even think about it that much <laughs> and I was like damn you know I've been holding on to this for so long but overall I was just really grateful to have that interaction and to <sighs> get to experience that following this experience I spent some time sending love to my younger self that person who was hurting and who didn't feel full enough in her cup um, which is why she acted out in certain ways um, growing up, I've noticed that I needed a lot of validation because I didn't really feel like I belonged. Around me, there weren't many people who looked like me, and I thought that there was something wrong for me because of that. I thought there was something wrong 
about me because of my skin color, because my parents were divorced. Like I just felt different from other people. And I think that triggered something inside of me that made me feel like I had to prove myself to others. And so I spent some time with that young person and I told her everything that she needed to hear that she didn't at the time. I told her that I loved her, that I saw her, and I showed her all these beautiful things that um, I got to experience in my life as I grew up and to let her know that she's special because she is different. And that was another healing aspect, even more inner child work that I got to experience. As I heal, I don't try to excuse my behaviors in the past that I'm not necessarily proud of, but I do try to understand them and send love to the aspects of myself that were hurting that caused me to behave in certain ways. And so that's been a lot of the journey, self-forgiveness and a lot of patience. So for those of you who don't know, I am in a long distance relationship and I have been for the past three and a half years. My boyfriend, Callum, lives in England and I, if you can't tell, am American. Um, this relationship has been extremely rewarding and extremely challenging and that is something that I'm so grateful for. Something that I really appreciate in this relationship is that I am constantly learning and growing and evolving alongside of it. And something that I've really wanted in a relationship, something that I've realized is necessary in order for me to have a relationship at all, is for me to be able to grow, my partner to be able to grow, and us together in a relationship being able to grow. And something that I also have heard from Miriam Hasna, which I really like, is that one plus one, when two people come in a relationship, you know, it always says two souls create one. No, one plus one doesn't equal two even. One plus one equals three. There's me, there's you, and then there's us together. And so having that in this relationship be a forefront or a priority or even a boundary has made me really grateful to have a partner who is up for the challenge for this constant evolution. Because of this, I also find that this relationship <laughs> triggers the hell out of me. And I think that at times it can bring me to my knees. And also when I have space, I can reflect on it and feel a lot of gratitude for it. This is the first relationship that I've ever been in romantically where I am challenged to be the best that I can be and I'm really held accountable for my actions and I didn't realize it before but having accountability or someone to hold me accountable for my behaviors is something that I really really need and appreciate because for the first time in this relationship I am someone who I respect and love. Before, when I didn't have accountability, I didn't really like the person who I was because I took advantage of the lack of accountability and basically did whatever I wanted. And I'm not blaming anyone for that. It's just what happened. Um, but in this relationship, my partner challenges me in the sense that he doesn't let me get away <laughs> with stupid shit and he calls me out when I need to be called out and initially I'll have a reaction like 
defensiveness or whatever. But when I really look at the big scheme of things, I'm really, really lucky to have a partner to do that because like I said, for the first time, I really like who I am because I am constantly growing and trying to be a better person for myself and for him. This relationship has made me discover a lot about myself and it has triggered a lot of healing as well. So it triggers my abandonment wound so much and I will tell you why. When I was three years old, my parents divorced and my dad moved to California and my family stayed where it was at that time, me and my mom and my brother. And my dad has always been very present in my life, but because he moved to a different state, he could only visit probably like five times a year. He always made it an effort and a priority to visit us for any holidays, for any birthdays, um, for anything special. And I've always really been grateful for that. And I've been grateful for my parents that they made that something in our lives that they came together for us um, when we needed it but every time my dad left to go back to california it traumatized the fuck out of me i was this child you know so confused not wanting my dad to leave and i always knew that he loved me it's just the physical distance really took its toll on me also the longing and desire to have a stable you know, a traditional, I guess you could say, because it was stable in the sense that I was so loved, but it wasn't traditional in the sense where I had a mother and father to come home to every day. And so that longing and deep desire for that also just made me super sad. And it really was horrific every time that he would leave because it just made me feel sad so 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 sad so 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 scared and just abandoned even though he loved me so much i still felt that abandonment which is valid right in times when callum and i have been separated due to us living in different places i've noticed this wound resurface really deeply and i've noticed that when we separate physically I take it really, really, really hard. And memories of my past have come up, you know, wanting to be healed as well. And so when I'm going through it and going, feeling the emotions of Callum's presence being away from me physically, I also notice how my body is not only responding to me as an adult missing my boyfriend, but it's responding to that sense of fear and abandonment that I also experienced a lot when I was a child regarding my father. I think it's really funny and a cruel fucking joke from the universe that I signed up for this. <laughs> I signed up for this long distance relationship and that I was meant to work on these abandonment wounds and healing that fear inside of myself that has been present in me since I was little. I've had three and a half years to work with it so far, and I will say that it has made a big difference, and I've definitely held more space for that part of myself. Another thing that this relationship challenges me on is just being able to maintain my sense of self within this relationship. Because we are separated by physical distance a lot of the time, when we do come together in person, 
it's kind of chaotic. <laughs> so far, the pattern of us coming together in person has always been like um <laughs> trying to fill in and make up for lost time in the moments that we were apart from each other. And so we spend a lot of time together when we're together. Like in this past trip, he was here for three months and the only time that we were apart was when I was at work. And I noticed that in moments when I wasn't spending time with him and I had the opportunity to, I would feel guilty about it. And so I was just trying to we were both just trying to like make the most that we could out of our time together. And don't get me wrong, I loved it. I loved being around him. At the same time, now that he's back in England and I'm alone, I've realized how much I needed time for myself as well. He left back to England five days ago and it's a big adjustment from spending time constantly with someone every second that we could together for 90 days to being apart so dramatically and so i'm feeling a mix of emotions on one hand i am realizing like i said how much i needed alone time how much i was neglecting myself because i was pouring so much into the relationship and i didn't not enjoy myself as i was doing that but now with this distance i can see like ooh i wasn't really filling my cup all the way on my own like i wasn't filling my side of the deed where i was focusing on myself um at the same time i'm also going through the motions of what i mentioned before which is just like healing that pain of loss that you know, this big adjustment has taken place. And so I'm just <laughs> working with that too. And so it's a lot of different things I'm experiencing right now. My main goal for us as we step into our future together and continue to is to find and to continue to find more of a balance between the two of us. I want to, you know, continue to validate my part of myself that is still healing from abandonment and let her recognize that yes you can still have your own space when you're together and everything is going to be okay um just i think it'll come with time once we are in a position where hopefully we can live together in the same country and um we don't feel that pressure for time i think that's going to alleviate some of it but still i want to continue to keep the intention that we can grow primarily as individuals and then together as a couple. So that balance is something that I'm placing a lot of forefront on and a lot of prayers and intention towards because Callum is really great about me needing space for myself. It's also a matter of me being able to ask for it and recognize when I need it. So I can fill up my cup and then have spillover to share with the person that I love. I never want to be in a position where I feel like I am abandoning a part of myself in order to make a relationship work. And thankfully, that hasn't been the case with my relationship with Callum. And that's something that I wish to continue as we progress in this relationship together. And so that's why I am placing so much focus on making sure that we both fill our own needs and never try and force something to work. I think I've struggled with this a lot personally, just in 
the media that we consume and what we see on movies and TV, it's like the idea of what love is in so many different films is about self-sacrifice and like I said, abandoning a part of yourself and making something to make something work. And that just isn't it for me. Um, that's not love. That's control to me. The way that I see true love is by honoring yourself and then having someone reflect that to you too. And so I've been working on deconstructing what we've been fed to believe is love and instead work on what feels good um, for us as individuals and finding win-win situations for us to both feel comfortable and confident in our growth together. I feel really blessed and grateful to be learning and growing with Callum. So for those of you who don't know, I also am working in a wellness center right now. And uh, if you listen to my podcast, I am a Simra practitioner, which is a form of energy healing that is really focused on shadow work and healing the unseen parts of ourselves, um, working a lot on releasing blockages that are stored in our body due to the unconscious parts of ourselves that need more love and attention. And when I started doing this healing work, all of my work was done on Zoom because it doesn't need to be um, in person. It could always have been done remotely. And for the first time, I am working with people in person doing healing sessions face to face. And I've been doing this for the past six months now. And I just feel <laughs> shook. I feel really honored and grateful that I have manifested this reality for myself where I get to do healing work for people and for individuals who are um, coming from all different walks of life, coming and trusting and being vulnerable and opening up their hearts to me in this new and different space. I never expected back then the avalanche or snowball, that might be a more <laughs> aesthetic word, the snowball effect that my own healing would create and how in healing myself and in awakening my own light, how I can do the same in holding space for others to awaken the healing and light in themselves. And it is just an incredible honor. And I also feel a new sense of responsibility because I'm working in partnership with a business. And so I represent that business as well. And so to have people who trust my craft and trust what I do and want me to be a part of their team is a very new thing for me because I have been used to doing this work on my own. And so, yeah, that's kind of also what I'm learning to adjust to and grow with as well. So, yeah. I think that pretty much concludes what I'm working with right now in this current time of my life. It is January 16, 2022, and I just wanted to fill you in. So if you're still rocking with me at this point, thank you so much for listening to what I have to say, for tuning in, and for being a part of my life. I really, really value and appreciate your time and your energy in just being here with me. Um, if you enjoyed this style of episode <laughs> without any purpose or kind of structure, let me know, please. Um, your validation is never needed, but it's always appreciated. <laughs> I really enjoyed this type of ramble. And so I will probably make more of these in the future. I'm wishing you the best wherever you are. And I will see you next time. Bye.